Blog Talk Radio. So I cued the music too early, and now I managed to cue the music too late, which is fantastic. This is this is so apropos for today's episode of uh, the Football Garbage Time That's podcast. Yeah, I'm just gonna totally hit a like. Yeah, hey, let's just get exciting. And just hit another song. Because <laughs> I just can't seem to get our theme song up and going, which is which is fantastic, fantastic. And we'll and I'll, I'll tell you why it's particularly appropriate in a second when we get back to it. Well, welcome back to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Akun Wong. I'm the editor of Team Football Garbage Time. As always, the senior staff writer Ryan Whitfield, and also returning to his own hiatus is senior staff writer Joey Olibro. How are you guys doing? Doing good. And how do you like yeah, our new theme well. music, which I totally just made up in a, in a split second there. <laughs> well, like this, the, reference, the... this reference will probably elude Joey, but uh, I think you just took a song out of the nightclub scene from Eurotrip and made it our uh, repurposes <laughs> as our new, uh, our new uh, theme song here. That's about the same no, quality level, I think, and the same maturity level, I think, that uh, that they were in Eurotrip. So I think that's about right. So you should go ahead and watch that, Joey, if you have some free time. Uh, that'll be a nice waste <laughs> of an hour and a half of your time, but you'll totally get it at, at the end of the movie. <laughs> hey, so, so uh, welcome back, Joey. I know you, you've had a, had a lot going on uh, recently. You had uh, you had football practice. You had actual football. So, hey, that, that's yeah, really, uh, that totally totally makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, this is my uh, only week off until December, uh, until, you know, we got the season starting next, uh, coming in August, and we have practices and seven-on-sevens and workouts all of July going to be about five days a week. Um, congrats, uh, I just want to say congratulations to our uh, quarterback. He's a junior this year. He got moved up to a five-star. He's now the number one ranked quarterback in the 2021 wow. class. And he also just verbally committed to Oklahoma. Uh, so Ooh. boomer sooner, baby. Uh, congratulations wow. to Brock Vandegrift on that commitment. That's, uh, that's, that's some exciting news. Fantastic. That's fantastic. And, of course, uh, you know, we were – we thought it was hard to get ready for the preseason when we're sitting here behind a microphone and you're sitting there on the field. So kudos to you there, Joey. But speaking of sitting <laughs> behind you. the microphone and typing it all up, uh, our guy, Ryan Whitfield, been here since the beginning. And at the beginning was a long freaking time ago. May have bigger and better things to come. So this, I hope we hope not, this may be his last appearance on our podcast. I'm sure we'll be able to find a way to make him guess appear if that becomes the case but he might be this might be his last time as a co-host ryan uh geez bigger and better things you must be pretty freaking excited uh bittersweet you know i'll say you know first of all that uh you know i'm always here to support the show uh this has been an incredible run i believe my first article was two russell wilson contracts ago um that's how long (laughs) it's been Uh, it was uh I, i know i remember one of my first pieces was definitely uh um, back in, I, I think I've really progressed over the last several years here of out of my homerism. Um, I'm obviously still a Patriots <laughs> fan, but I don't think I'm as honky as I used to be. And I know that one of my first articles was a, uh, was a, a, a goodbye letter to Darrell Revis. That's how long it's yep. been. Darrell Revis yep. has, mailed it, has, has collected another 20 million and mailed it in on two teams and been retired for several years since the last, uh, since I started here. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been unbelievable. Obviously, uh, we're being vague for reasons and nothing, nothing super official yet, but could be my last show. Um, I wouldn't say bigger and better. 
Uh, well, definitely bigger. I wouldn't say better. Um, yeah. But it's uh, there. You go. You know, I'll, I'll make an announcement on Twitter if the time is right at some point. Um, but you know, this was this has been an unbelievable run. Uh, I've loved being your co-host. Uh, I love giving Joey crap. That's been a, a big a big pastime <laughs> of mine. You still give Joey here, crap. So. That's totally. <laughs> you can still do that. Oh yeah. Like... oh yeah. Joey and uh, and Wally should just uh, just should just assume that the Twitter trash talking is only going to get worse if I only have that outlet for it going forward. So. Oh no. Um, oh great. But uh, yeah, yeah so, so... Um, you know I'm like, super excited and I, and I would just like to point out that you know Joey's high school thing is nice and all, but I've been coaching uh, you know kids five on five flag football for like eight months now. So I don't know oh, what the big wow. deal is. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> a couple of Oklahoma commits in <laughs> those those future future Oklahoma commits, right? You're about uh, ten years from now. You're gonna have a whole bunch of those guys coming out of your, your team, right? Right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actually, you'd stop them from making the mistake of going to Oklahoma. I I hope steer them towards South towards, steer them towards South Bend. All right. So uh, so hey, I'm not I'm not gonna get emotional on this show because I still got my fingers crossed that uh, this isn't Ryan's last appearance as a co-host. We'll definitely find a way to have him guest appear at some point and say neutral things that doesn't get him in trouble with his contract. Um, but that being said, um, there wouldn't be a football garbage time without Ryan Whitfield. Everything I think everyone knows that uh, from the very beginning, he was one of the first as well as Joey. Uh, it's kind of amazing if you think about the fact that we started um, a good five years ago almost, and um, and there really was just uh, a couple folks who jumped on and were passionate about it, and we keep on rolling. We're over 100 episodes on the podcast, which is freaking amazing, um, and uh, it's nice to see where we've come, and it's nice to see people get here and use the platform to jump up and represent how good we are because they find places at other places at other other outlets and other media companies. So, uh, fingers crossed you make it there, Ryan. But fingers crossed that they uh, they make an exception for us because it will be a huge loss if you can't join us. Okay, now that's the nicest thing I'm going to say about you all podcast long. I think I think we said enough <laughs> nice things about people now. That is totally out of character for this podcast uh, for us to do that. So let's go ahead and get this rolling. So let's get serious because there's football to talk about. We're going to be talking about division winner, winners. We're going to be predicting each of those uh, way too early, of course, because we don't even have rosters yet, but that's okay. We love doing that. We're going to tell you which week one game we want to watch and why. That'll be kind of fun because, heck, we're getting closer and closer at the start of the season. We're only two short months away. It's fantastic. I cannot wait. Two short months away. And, uh, of course, at the end of the show, we'll hit some of our favorite offseason storylines that we've been following and Hopefully you'll get uh, get to chat, get uh, some insight there and and find some things that you'd like to follow as well. So let's start with division winners first, Ryan. Let's start with you. So what I was thinking is everybody should just run through who they think will win each of the divisions, and then let's talk because I don't think we're going to all have the same picks here. So I'm just going to ask you, uh, Ryan, each of the uh, different divisions. You tell me who you think is going to win each division. Uh, let's start with the AFC East. <laughs> let's start with a hard one here. What do you think there, Ryan? Have you have you gotten back on the train with the Patriots? I think oh, we, lost. we lost Ryan. We lost Ryan. He he just he just dropped off. So so he yeah. was so emotional he couldn't continue with the show. Amazing. All right, listen, let's just let's flip this over. I think he's trying to dial back in now. So uh, let's switch over to you, Joey. Why don't you give us your AFC East winner? Uh, it's got to be the Patriots. Me. Yep. Yep. And I'll get back to why in a minute. 
but I think it's going to be pretty easy, an easy one there. Let's yeah. go to AFC North. Who do you got there? I have Cleveland. All right. So, so far, we're uh, two for two here because I also have the Patriots in AFC East and the Browns in AFC North. Let's go to the AFC South. Who do you got there? This is a tough one for me, but uh, I like Indianapolis this year. Yeah, I think that that uh, I think I'm all on board on Indianapolis in that in, in that as AFC South as well. And Ryan managed to get back on. Ryan, are you there now? Yeah, can you, you done hear me? crying? <laughs> we we knew that you were getting way too emotional over this, and you yeah, just couldn't Jesus. handle being you on the know, show anymore. We got you misfiring, changing the opening thing. All of a sudden, my headset just completely went out. Couldn't hear anything. Rebooted in, oh, still couldn't vintage. hear anything. Had to reboot out again. <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know things things that always today. come full circle. Yeah, this wouldn't happen any other way. <laughs> so, um, so we'll back up and give you a chance to sound off on some of these divisions because I, I you know, uh, we, we only got three deep, and I, I started off AFC East for you, Ryan, because I knew that uh, you'd have a hard time picking who you wanted to win the AFC East. So let me let me ask you again, who do you think's going to win the AFC East next year? Um, Patriots. I mean, yeah, I, okay. I, the, so, the, the roster, the roster is so much better than it was last year. Um, the Patriots were on a down year last year and still survived. I mean, it's interesting to see what Brady looks like. Um, just because I don't think last year was one of his better seasons. So um, I'm interested to see that. But I, I still think that I look at the draft the Patriots had and Chase Winovich in the third round, I, I just can't get past that pick. I just think it's going to be the best best value pick in the entire draft to get that, to get that guy that late, match him up with Michael Bennett um, to right. the Patriots. Yep. So we're, so we're going to run through all of these for all of us, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to circle back and make sure we get okay. a little bit because I know there's going to be some disagreements here for sure. That was an easy one because I have the Patriots. Joey also had the Patriots. AFC North. Who do you got for that, uh, Ryan? Steelers. Steelers. Interesting. Okay. So right now I got the Browns, and so does Joey. And then AFC South. In agreement with you guys on this, it's it's Indianapolis. Chris Ballard's done a there. great job. Yep. Colts all across. And AFC West, Joey, who do you got for the AFC West? Kansas City. Kansas City. And what do you got there, uh, Ryan? Chargers. Chargers. See, this is interesting. Uh, I actually was struggling between the Chargers and the Chiefs. I actually picked the Chiefs. We'll get back to that one. Uh, NFC East, this one should be really interesting. Joey, you're going to pick the home team or are you going to go elsewhere? Uh, This one hurts a lot, but Dallas is winning the division. Wow, Cowboys. What do you think there, Ryan? What do you got in the NFC East? Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles. That's the that's the odds on odd on favorite pick. That's what Vegas got, but I have the Cowboys as well, so we'll get back to that one. NFC North. Joey, who do you got in the NFC North? This one was honestly the hardest one for me. I'm going to go Minnesota, though. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, Ryan, who do you got here? NFC North. Oh, God. God, do I hate to do this on <laughs> – <laughs> on a potentially a finale show, but the Bears. Wow. All right. I, 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 you know, hey, listen, you have supported the Bears before. I mean, I do remember someone picking Jordan Howard when I poo-pooed it and he was good. <laughs> then I got on board and he sucked. So clearly some people are smarter than I am on this. I'm a little bit of homerism. I have the Bears there too. But I, it was that was a tough one. I agree with Joey. Let's go to NFC South. What do you got there, Joey? This one, again, was a tough, tough one with uh, New Orleans, Atlanta, and uh, Carolina in that division, but ultimately I picked the Falcons. Falcons, okay. And what do you got, Ryan? Oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the Falcons. Falcons, yeah, they are the popular pick. I'm gonna go with the Saints and play it safe. Let's go NFC West. Uh, what do you got there in, in NFC West, Joey? Gotta be the Rams. Rams, and what do you have, Ryan? 
Yeah, it's the Rams. Yeah, and I got the Rams as well. So let's go ahead and uh, skip over the ones that we totally agree on. I want to go back to the AFC North. Ryan, you had the Steelers. Joey, you had the Browns. I also had the Browns. Uh, Ryan, you sound off first. Why do you think the Steelers got it? I mean, they lost a lot in the offseason. They basically, you know, didn't replenish anything there. Um, they And they lost Antonio Brown, you know, quote-unquote lost him, lost Le'Veon Bell. What do you think here? What, what are you thinking with the Steelers? So, I mean, there has to be something to be said for, you know, been there, done that. And, and eventually all good teams, you know, not – you don't stay on top forever unless, well, unless you're the New England Patriots. But uh, <laughs> other than that, you don't stay on top forever, right? Eventually, eventually water reaches its level. So I, I get that. Here's my thing with the Browns. And it, I, I'm, I'm almost picking against the Browns as devil, devil's advocate right now. Um, yep. I'm doing, I'm doing a mock draft series with our, our friend Matt Hicks over at the Fanalist right now. Yep. Um, yep. And we just had a mock draft where somebody took Odell Beckham Jr. fourth overall. Which it's wow. a mock draft, so I think people are trying to put in different data. And, 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 and hey, I took DeAndre Hopkins number one overall in our best you, ball league. You so did. I, I, you did. I fully support identifying your guy and going and getting him. With that said, I mean th- this this idea. The, the more and more, the more and more I, I read, I watch, I listen to. The more the Browns start to to really really reek of the 2011 Philadelphia Eagles dream team scenario, where mm-hmm. you're there's all this hype and expectation, all this hodgepodge of egos put together. And, and I and I know Landry and Beckham are friends, but what happens if the targets aren't going the way? What happens if they're not winning a couple games and one of them thinks they're not getting the ball enough? Does that start to rear its head? Freddie Kitchens, complete unknown at coach at head coach. Um, there's been some rumors that at a mini camp that there were some things that people uh were not overly thrilled to see um that the that the offense wasn't clicking the way they wanted it to and just some of those grumblings of a team that maybe reading the press clippings a little too much and i love baker mayfield but uh-huh. i think baker mayfield's almost better and more dangerous when there's a chip on his shoulder when colin cowards you know not disapproving but uh you know, not buying in, not believing in him. I can't, I can't believe I can't right, right. right now. Doubting. Jesus, doubting. That was a tough one. When he's being <laughs> doubted. And it's like, so what is the other side of that? So I look at the Cleveland, and everyone's just penciling him in for a great season. And I look at it and say, well, there's a lot of unknowns here. And, and what does the running back locker room look like if Nick Chubb's having a great season, but Kareem Hunt comes back and he wants the ball? And it just – sometimes sometimes there can be too much talent. I mean, it's the ultimate team sport. And if you put too many cooks in the kitchen at a bunch of different positions – I, I just think there's a chance for disaster there. And I, and you say the Steelers did nothing to replace a lot of the exodus of talent. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, Antonio Brown, to me, was a negative at the end. So he's an addition by subtraction. I like Washington. And from everything I've heard, and I'm not there watching minicamp, but a lot of people are saying that Deontay Johnson looks like Antonio Brown did when he was relatively, uh, you know, an unknown guy when he first got to, to Pittsburgh. So mm-hmm. they're a wide receiver factory. They get good years out of whatever, Sammy Coates and Bartavis Bryant and guys who just disappear um, and, and that you just completely forget about. So I know until I see the Browns actually put it together, I'm just going to, I'm going to hedge the bets and go again, go on the Steelers. And right now there's so much hype on them that if you're betting, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather go against Cleveland than for them right now. Cause the public, yeah, public opinions high on it right now. It's a shame, but I and actually when we talk about our favorite off-season storylines, this is the Browns are it for me. But I'll start 
I mean, it, and, I, and I I know this is kind of a qualifier, but over the last three or four years, they've been a really good football team. And I use air quotes on that because I just said what I really think about how they play. Take out the miracle, the Minneapolis miracle play against the Saints. If you take out just that one, name me the next biggest marquee game they've won in this stretch. You can't do it. They don't win on the big stage. They, they're, they're Andy Dalton and the Bengals. And they have a little more talent, but overall, not. I just don't. I just don't buy into them. So the Bears. I'm not a big Trubisky believer either, personally. But um, I. I do love Anthony Miller. I think Allen Robinson has a better season this year. I love the David mm-hmm. Montgomery pick. That defense is legit, and I think that they've started to kind of build a team that is. I don't know, good enough to survive Trubisky's shortcomings and his run game gives them enough that I think they can win. And they play kind of an older, dirtier, you know, rougher game of football. Um, and, and so, I don't know, between, between Floyd and, and Mac, I mean, you know, you just, you got a, you got a front seven that, and Akeem Hicks, I mean, they got a great front seven yep. over there. Um, good secondary. I think they have enough pieces on the offensive side that they can score points when absolutely needed to. I think Trey Burton will be better this year. It's funny how, how players polls swing, you know, Trey Burton, for whatever reason was being hyped as like a top three tight end last year, which he never was going to be. And now he's being sold like a bottom and now he's being bought like a bottom 10 tight end. And that's not Mm -hmm. what he's going to be. He's going to be, he's going to be average. He's going to be in the middle. He's going to be able to produce. And yeah, they're not going to put up godly numbers, but you know, I just, I think that they're the best of the three, um, not by a lot, you know, I have them around 10 and 6, 11 and 5, but I think that's enough to eke out the division yep. um, and, and get it done at the end of the day. Yeah, yep. And here's a little bit of light applause for you here. I have to say, I am a, a big fan um, of the Bears, so I'm obviously super biased, but I buy into everything you just said there, Ryan. And I think it is going to be really close. Oh, there it is. Super delayed light applause. Excellent. This is fantastic. So far, we've hit, we basically checked every box for a technical difficulty in this particular episode of our podcast. So this is really apropos. So let me just say that uh, you know, all, all across the board, I don't think that um, I don't think the Vikings are uh, necessarily not going to be in contention. I think the Vikings, Packers, and Bears will be. I think it's going to be close. And you can pretty much roll the dice on this one and pick the one you think is going to make it out there. But I think that with the defense, as you've kind of highlighted there, Ryan, that they can on a little bit of an edge. So that is why I like the Bears, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings get there. Let's just touch on one more real quick because I want to talk about um, uh, the game one that we want to watch uh, in week one. So let's talk about the Falcons and the Saints because you guys both are on the Falcons. Uh, I was on the Saints for the NFC South. So let's go with you first, Joey. What's your thoughts on the Falcons? Um, last year, I know the Falcons had a down year, but they got hit with the injury bug like no other team I've ever seen. Um, they're going to get Deion Jones back. They're going to get Keanu Neal back. They drafted heavy on the O-line uh, this year in the first round. I think they had two. I think they drafted two guards in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, Julio Jones there, Matt Ryan there. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I love that team as as a whole, but I'm just mad that they're in Atlanta because I can't stand Falcons fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's rough for me, but I actually do think that uh, they're the most talented team in that division and that they will win it this year. All right. So, Ryan, you agree with uh, the Falcons pick. You agree for the same reasons, or you got your own reasons of your own? So a lot of the reasons overlap. I mean, one – Getting getting Jones and uh, Neal back on defense is is 
it's not small. I mean, those those are marquee players for them. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for that defense to put it together. You know, you have you have a defensive minded coach. They drafted young, athletic, and fast. They play that you know that Seattle uh, press cover three um, that requires you know really athletic, quick, fast, hard hitting defense. And it seems like they have the pieces there. They just haven't put it together yet. So I I, I got to assume at some point it's going to come together. That's one. Two, Matt Ryan is, you know, one out of every three years has a really massive year. Well, it's been three years since his MVP year. In the last two years, he was he was, he was good. He's still a top 12 quarterback. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, so I think that this is the year again where it balloons. And this thing, I think some people have talked about it. I think some people have been dismissive on it for 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 many years. And, it, it, I mean, Brady's surpassed Peyton, the Peyton Manning debate by so much over the last couple of years that it's not even really anything I have to talk about anymore. But, you know, it's important to remember when talking Brady Manning that Brady played outdoors and Manning for the first, whatever, 10 years of his career was safely tucked in a dome in Indianapolis for half his season. So I do think playing away from the elements is a massive advantage in football. And I know that people who get too buried in stats um, will, will tell you it doesn't matter. I think it does. And when I look at the Atlanta Falcons schedule this year, they have, obviously, the eight games at home in a dome. They play the Saints. Every year they have nine mm-hmm. games in domes automatically. They mm-hmm. have four of their non-division games, or four of their non-home slash non-division games are in domes this year. They have 13 games indoors this year. On top of that, of the three outdoor games, one is in Carolina, which might as well be in a dome, and the other is in Southern, not Southern, but in, uh, in Florida and Tampa, which also might as well be in a dome. So I forget what the 16th game is, but they literally have a single game this season with the potential of rain being a factor. And when you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Devontae Freeman, Matt Ryan, and then they did invest in that offense line in the draft. I think one of my favorite tweets I saw was that, um, you know, there's nobody happier after drafting than Matt Ryan because he's finally got guys in front of him who can block. And so when you add all that up, I know the Saints are kind of a team, too, that usually take, you know, a step forward and a half step back. So I think we see a regression from the Saints. I think the Falcons have a perfect storm of conditions for them, and I think they win that division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I uh, I can't disagree with either of you guys on the Falcons. I picked the Saints because I'm taking a little bit of the safe pick here. I think, you know, obviously been there, done that type of thing. You know, New Orleans knows how to get there, and they actually – also have a little bit of a dome advantage. <laughs> so, as you pointed out, they are play um, you know half their games in a dome, and they actually play the Falcons. So, Drew Brees, I think, is the better quarterback. Alvin Kamara is the uh, just more um, dynamic running back. Michael Thomas, I think, is on par with Julio Jones, and they also have Traquan no. Smith kind of working his way up as well. I, I, I know you disagree. I'm just saying that's my, my, my viewpoint on this. I just think, I just uh, think it's crazy how much people sleep on in Julio Jones. If you want to have a good laugh, go look at where he's going in drafts right now. He's going to uh, like 14th overall. You can get Julio Jones in the second round. I mean, talk about Mr. Consistent, shows up, plays every week. It's like his touchdown numbers have fluctuated depending on who the offensive coordinator is. But he's a guy who like, you can bookmark for 100 and 1,000, and he's going to play 15, 16 games a season. And it's just like I, I think he's just so boring that people just, like, forget how freaking good he is. And I love Mike Thomas. But if I'm starting a team, even right now with their ages included, I'm taking, I'm taking Julio Jones. There's been no sign of slowing in him. So that's, that's not a reaction at you. That's just in general. It's just funny <laughs> to me that how, like, he's just, like, he, I just – people are putting him outside tier one, and they're just, like, bookmarking 
Michael, uh, Michael Thomas in there. And I put up a stat on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's largely in part because of Drew Brees. But Michael Thomas had, like, I think four out of his final six games last year were sub-10-point performances in fantasy football. Uh, mm-hmm. So, And I think he went over 50 yards, like, twice in that time. So, I don't know. I, I'd rather take the more consistent guy. I hear your point, but I just want that on the record, that the fact that people just disregard uh, Julio as much as they do, I find absolutely insane. Yeah, no, and I'm not saying Julio Jones is not as good a player as Michael Thomas, or for fantasy might be a better value. But Michael Thomas, I think, would be is, is an equal uh, weapon on a real football field. I mean, a, a significant weapon that Drew Brees can uh, has, can consistently target. He's a he's a fast, big target, and he actually has uh, and has great hands. You know, so. I do think you're right. He, he, you know, Breeze does tend to spread it around. So for fantasy reasons, maybe he's not the best guy. But certainly, if you're talking about a team that you're gonna you're gonna build around, a guy you're gonna build around on the on the offense, I have no problems with saying that Michael Thomas is at the same level as a wide receiver one on a on a playoff bound team, so to speak, um, as Julio Jones. But that being said, you know that's that's why I like the Saints. I just feel like they 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 take hits every year. They replace people and they are consistent with who they have. And Drew Brees is about as consistent as they come. Um, they still have a relative. They have they've been getting much better on defense. Uh, and I think that um, you know if they take, keep keep moving in that direction. Uh, they have a chip on their shoulder from the end of last year. Their loss to the Rams, which probably shouldn't have been a loss. I think that they're going to really build on that. Um, the Falcons will be close. I think the Saints will take it. But uh, that's why we talk about it. I think that's, <laughs> that's why we watch the games. We don't know what's going to happen there. So let's go ahead and flip this around now and talk about uh, the next issue on our agenda because we've got to keep it moving here, and that is – Week one games. Week one games. Only two months away, guys. Week one games. Tell me, which week one game are you looking to uh, – are you l- really singling out as the one you really want to watch, Joey? All right. Well, besides Giants and Dallas as uh, America's right. game of the week with Joe Buck and Troy <laughs> right. um, right. I'm actually looking <laughs> forward to Chiefs and Jags, and I'll tell you why. You know, we didn't get to see a lot of games last year without – Kareem Hunt in the backfield for Kansas City. And plus, I believe they're going to be out to Tyree Kill for a good amount of time as well. Um, so I want to see how that offense functions without those two guys. Um, I want to see how Pat Mahomes looks in his second year as a starter. And I'm also really interested to see uh, how Jacksonville looks with their new quarterback and Nick Foles and if that mm-hmm. defense is back to where it was two seasons ago when they went to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. They really did go off a cliff last year on defense. So uh, that is a really interesting game. That definitely was on my list as well. Let's turn over to you, Ryan. What's the game that you are looking forward to wa- watching in week one? I mean, I don't, know how this, I don't even know how this is a question. Uh, the Patriots will be <laughs> unveiling banner number six on uh, okay. on September 8th at 8 p.m. in front of the Steelers, which mm-hmm. while they should have gotten the Thursday night game, doing it in front of the Steelers, the other team with six banners, that makes me happy. Um so that's the one I'll be looking forward to most. From a yep. from football X's and O's standpoint, I think the most interesting for me is the 49ers Buccaneers. Um, mm, interesting. Maybe sounds weird on the surface. I'm interested to see Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo back uh, from the Buccaneers perspective. Um, I think seeing Bruce Arians, I, you know, one of my mantras on the show is people who take time away from football, see the game pass them by. Um, so I think a lot of people, especially in the fantasy community, have really just like bookmarked Bruce Arians to come in and fix all the problems of that offense. 
I personally mm-hmm. think Jameis Winston's a lost cause, and I think that's the day that we start to see. Um, is the Chris Godwin hype for real? Is Jameis Winston fixable? Is Bruce, does Bruce Arians still have it together enough that he can come in and put his imprint on that team? So you have Kyle mm-hmm. Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense on one side, and then you have Bruce Arians coming back, trying to fix that Bucks team on the other side. I think that could be a really interesting game, um, and I think we'll know a lot if it turns into a big shootout between the two. Yeah, no, I love that. I love both of those picks so far. I mean, I think, uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to watching every single game that week one, but absolutely, those are fantastic. I will say, though, that, and I'll put this aside, because I obviously, being a Bears fan, want to see Bears-Packers on the uh, kickoff game, the NFL kickoff game, which uh, duly rewarded to the Packers-Bears rivalry on a, on a Thursday yeah. night. But yeah, that duly being rewarded. Said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, duly rewarded. That's I'm just fair. saying, hey, it's an old rivalry. People want to see it. Uh, but that yeah, being people said, want to see the break tradition after 100 years. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they, I'm, I'm gonna miss you, Ryan. I'm, I'm really gonna miss you on the show uh, if you, if you don't come back. I'm, what you're gonna have to do before, you know, if, if it turns out this is your last show, Ryan, we're gonna have to record a bunch of you taking shots at each of us, so that I can just kind of <laughs> drop them every so often, you know? Oh, like, that's perfect. really stupid, Joey. I can't believe that. You know, that, I think that's we got to do that. That's gonna happen. Um, I, I'll so, record it myself and send them to you. <laughs> right, right. I'm sure. Um, so uh, Falcons at Vikings is the game that I'm thinking about, that I'm looking at, looking forward to watching. And actually, it's for a lot of the reasons which we had just talked about, about the Falcons and the Vikings and their potential to take their divisions. I think first, both both of those were underperforming teams in 2018. You know, Kirk Cousins was paid a ton of money. He had all the weapons with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook and couldn't get it together. Matt Ryan, you know, he has an improved, uh, improved offensive line. He has Julio Jones and another year of Calvin Ridley and Devontae Freeman being backed up by Ito Smith. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, and I agree with both of the, the picks there because I didn't pick them to win their divisions, but I think they both have the potential to do it. And this first game is going to tell me a lot as to whether they are able to put it together and actually do something in 2019 that I expected they would have done in 2018 uh, but didn't do. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Lots of fantastic games in week one. I think that I can't just I can't say that enough. I think they're going to be so much fun to watch all these games. But um, good ones, guys. Pick pick some good ones there. Let's get to our last topic of the day. Let's take about talk about our favorite off-season storyline. Now, Joey, this was your thought process here. You that we got this this segment. So why don't you fire away first? What's your favorite off-season storyline so far? All right. Besides my homer pick of the camp battle between Old Man Eli and Daniel Jones. <laughs> Um, right. I'm actually just really, really excited for hard knocks this year. I know the Giants are on the list, so it would have been cool to see like the inner workings of the team or whatever. But Oakland, that is a perfect team for perfect. entertainment value. We have oh, Gruden, yeah. we have Mr. Big Chess Antonio Brown, and we have Mike Mayock in the same show, talking football, doing whatever they yep. do as weirdos. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. I cannot wait. Yeah. Oh, totally agree. That That is that is brilliant, a brilliant move to put them on uh, Hard Knocks. Um, Ryan, you watching Hard Knocks with, uh, with Gruden? You looking forward to that? Absolutely not. I, I hate everything. <laughs> I, it'll be an entertaining circus. I mean, I'm going to watch, but I, but I, I hate Gruden. Um, I hate Antonio Brown. And that, Antonio Brown's a guy I used to love. Like, I just want that on the record, that I was, I was a big Antonio Brown fan. I love the flashy, the dances, all of that stuff. I think he did 
a lot of PR damage to himself the last two years to the point that, like, I look at him and say, is there CTE going on? Is there is there something that has, oh, screw, wow. has a screw literally come loose? It, it, it reminds me of Charlie Sheen from 2010. Like, the, I, it's been a long time since he's wow. publicly melt down the way in which <laughs> in, Antonio Brown has. And obviously that's an extreme example, but it's, it, it's very similar in the sense that, like, towards the end when he was tweeting out about, you know, I'm not going to say anything anymore. You guys are going to twist it. And it's like, no, people are just reporting exactly what you're saying. Like, how, how much is your, your grip on, on reality completely, like, loosened that you, that you don't understand that, like, you're doing this to yourself? So um, it'll be entertaining. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not typically or particularly excited about it. I'm, for whatever reason, I like all, all or nothing more. And I don't know if I'm just an Amazon, oh, yeah. like, honk, But, like, I'm, I'm more looking forward to the Panthers on all or nothing. I, hell, I love the Q. I like the QB one show on Netflix more than I like watching Hard Knocks for whatever reason. I just <laughs> right. I found more interesting stuff in in those other programs. Um, I thought okay. All or did a great job of Michigan two years ago, so that's probably why I'm a bigger fan of that one. But okay. Um, so what are you looking forward to then? What's your big off season storyline that you're following right now? So it's not that I'm looking forward to or anything that I'm following currently. Um, what I would say, I'm actually going to give the Raiders a positive now. You know, I think this guy's an idiot. Um, but I do think it's kind of cool to see in the the do-it-yourself, technology-driven world we live in now where you have the opportunity to, to really build, um, you know, build a career if, if you work hard enough. I think the story of Mike Mayock is really awesome, especially for a lot of us in this industry who mm-hmm. are ex-players, who don't have a ton of connections in the league that are just on a microphone in front of a computer, writing, watching film, doing whatever we can to learn the game and get better. Mm-hmm. Mike Mayock's story is really awesome. Um, that combined with, and I know he didn't ultimately get it, but, uh, and I don't know how substantial they were, but I did hear rumors at one point that when the Jets um, had moved on and they were looking for a new GM after the draft that uh, Daniel Jeremiah, also from the NFL Network, was a name being floated mm-hmm. around. So mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool and progressive for a league that I don't think at times is super progressive that the NFL is now kind of opening their arms and their eyes to saying, hey, you don't have to be you know, Bill Belichick interning at 13 years old at Annapolis to have, right. have a shot to come in and be able to evaluate talent and watch the game. And, um, you know, there's that whole thing that if you didn't play, you don't understand the game. And I think that that stigma is starting to go away. And like, I mean, we all probably played at some point, but let's be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm five foot eight and slow. I didn't play college football. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I didn't have that opportunity, unfortunately, but I've always thought that my strong point when I was a kid playing Pop Warner was that I understood the game at a higher level. Um, right. And I just start to see now that, that that's a little bit more accepted in the league. So I thought that's really been the most different and cool uh, story of the off season. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, no. that's my big. I love that. This year. Yeah. I, I love that and because I, it gives I, us as, hope. As, yeah, as someone who's never played a snap of even Pop Warner, that's I love all those stories about guys just um, you know making it on their own, not having played or you know been in that world. I know Georgia has a, I, I believe the linebackers coach, same story. You know, he's one of the best defensive minds in college football, and he's never played a snap. Um, yeah. Wow. So those type yep. of stories, I love them. Yep, and of sure. course you already have a leg up here, Joey, because you are actually are coaching, aren't you? So <laughs> you're kind of already got got you. You did the Bill Belichick thing, co- coaching at, a, at an early age. Uh, the the two of us are kind of out of luck. We're gonna have to just hope that somebody sees something floating around on the on the internet at some point. Um, <laughs> So uh, hey, this is uh, this is fantastic. I, I'm gonna I'll just 
say this, my favorite off-season storyline is the Cleveland Browns. I just think it's going to be really, really interesting. It's remarkable what happened over the last year, the fact that one year ago they were just talking about winning a game, and they had that really, you know, skunky Bud Light sitting in a refrigerator for, like, freaking years that they were hoping to open up before they won their first game. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, they went from that to, you know, the hype that they might win the Super Bowl. You know, it's crazy. Uh, they got OBJ there, big big personality, big player. Don't know how that's a positive or a negative yet. He's there, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, both you, Ryan, both you, Joey. The, the fact that he's going to be with his LSU teammate Jarvis Landry, is that plus or minus? Is that going to be a problem when the targets don't go his way? And, of course, all the hype around Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb in their sophomore year. And Duke Johnson wanting to get, wanting to get off the team. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in Cleveland. And uh, there hasn't been excitement like this since LeBron came back, I think. So I think this is – and I'm not a huge Cleveland supporter, huge Cleveland booster, but I am very uh, I'm very um, interested to see how the season unfolds for them and what happens in the preseason. All right, guys, we are at the end of our show. It kind of makes me sad, but I'm hitting the air horn on this one. Woo! I, I can't believe that I might be saying this for the last time. I hope not. I hope not. I hope that, if nothing else, we get you back here as a guest as a, uh, as a a guest on the show at some point, Ryan. Or they, they make an exception and you continue to, to uh, give uh, give your opinion and take pot shots at us for the, for the foreseeable future, hopefully for the next decade. But let's just go ahead and uh, lay it down here. Ryan, uh, thanks so much for everything you've done for the site. I sure hope this isn't the last time you're on here. I sure hope this isn't the last time that we see you on our site. Uh, but we'll be uh, following your career as you kind of start your meteoric rise. And don't forget the small people when you get up there, all right, because we're all looking over there and <laughs> hoping that you give us a handout, all right? I'm, I'm counting on you, buddy. I'm counting on you. So that said, last time, give us your social media. Everyone can follow you. I think it's a, it's a good follow. Everyone just definitely got to do it. So I'm going to do that in just a second. I'll give my little last soliloquy here in a second. But real quick, I posed this question on Twitter last week. I got in a big fight with a couple people, and I had to know both your opinions. It's the burger and the sandwich, isn't it? Is a hamburger a sandwich? (laughs) I I I mean, I guess. There there you go. Yeah, I I mean, I think it is. How is it a sandwich? If you go to a a restaurant and they don't have a burger section and they have a burger stuffed in your sandwich section, you put the menu down, you say no thank you, and you walk out (laughs) because that's not a real restaurant. Well, I, you know, I, I get it. I understand uh, your point of view, but you're wrong. You know, you, you take no, a burger, right. you put it between two pieces of bread. That's a sandwich, man. That's like that's the definition of a sandwich, a piece so, of meat, so anything, two pieces of bread. So anything between two pieces of bread is a sandwich. Well, I mean, at least a piece. I don't, I'm, hey, listen, I'm not a vegan, so that, you know, veggie burgers don't count <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. It's got to be a piece of meat in there somewhere, right? Uh, like, otherwise, so, it's not a sandwich. So Okay, so it's a grilled cheese. I'll wait. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, oh, fine. No. Grilled cheese. All right, fine. All right, you made your yep. point. Yeah, exactly. There's minutia in the world. You got to get into the gray sometimes. You can't just paint it black and white. There's not just sandwiches <laughs> and not sandwiches. There's also burgers, right. and they're their own category. Anyway, yep. it has been, if it is the final curtain call here, it has been an absolute privilege, a blast. Um, I mean, it changed. It changed my life. It was doing this site and doing this podcast that. Um, I don't think we talked about it a lot, but I had a music company for five years. It went under. Mm-hmm. I said I wasn't going to do media stuff anymore. I wanted to get away. It's too much work. There's there's too much luck involved. Um, a friend of mine who actually was in that music company with me that had gone under uh, sent me your uh, your Craigslist ad back in 2014, yeah. and that's how yeah. that's why I ended up reaching out. Actually, um, changed my life. You know, it put me back into wanting to do sports fully, 
And so super appreciative of the opportunity. It's been an unbelievable run. I've had a blast. I think I've talked more tonight than I do even on most shows, which is a lot um, because I just don't want it to end, to be honest. Um, yep. But we'll stick around. Uh, we'll, we'll talk, you know, obviously through our fantasy league because I'm, I'm not leaving that. Um, <laughs> uh, like I said, I'll reshare anything on Twitter and, and we'll, we'll stay in touch through best ball and all that. So thank you so yep. much, both of you. It's been an unbelievable run. Um, if it is again, the end, but uh, you know, with that said, you know, you never forget where you come from. And of course, if I, you know, if I ever have a Mike Mayock rise and get to run a team like that, um, I'll need, I'll need counsel. So you'll have a job to tune. And uh, Joey, I mean, we always need, we always need water boys and towel boys in the squad. So you always got a job with me, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, seriously, love you guys. Mean it. It's been great. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield, N E. Uh, I am not a Scott Fishbowl uh, participant because apparently I suck, but, uh, you know, yeah, maybe next me, year me you, can follow along with the, <laughs> yeah, you can follow along with me next year as I plead one more time my case on there. Yep. And, Joey, you want to give us your social media so people can follow you? Yeah, uh, just before that, I just want to say, like, this has been crazy. Um, I was 15 years old when I started writing for Football Garbage Time and talked to Ryan <laughs> on the podcast for the first time, and now I'm a junior in college, and uh, he's doing big things. Uh, this wouldn't have been possible without our editor-in-chief, Huckung Wong. Um, you're the best, man. Um, this has been incredible. Uh, I wish you the best, Ryan. Um, and you guys can follow me on Twitter and all social media platforms at Joey Libra. Wow. So this is uh, so I'm going to start tearing up if I don't end this show real soon. So <laughs> I'll just say this. Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in and wasting time with us once again. Um, and Hopefully, fingers crossed, um, this will be a a too soon goodbye, and we're going to have the band back together soon enough. But regardless of the fact, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. We hope you continue to tune in. Definitely follow Ryan wherever he ends up going and all his uh, on all his podcasts because we know he likes to podcast around on us. That's not that's not unusual. (laughs) He just finally got caught on it. That's all. All right, guys. Uh, Hey, you know what? Enjoy your NFL week, and I'm going to pretend that we're all going to be back here next week. Uh, when we talk about more preseason stuff and get into a lot more about uh, all the craziness that's happening leading up to camp. All right, guys, have a good one. And happy 4th of July, everybody. Bye.